This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Good evening, Bucknutters. Welcome to Bucknuts Post Game Live. What we learned live. We used to call it Bucknuts Post Game Live. Welcome to What We Learned Live following Ohio State's 23 to 3 win at Indiana. Defense looked great. Offense left a lot to be desired. We're going to get into it. Um, getting started a little early here. I know I put it on uh, YouTube. It'd be 7 15. So we're getting started a little bit early. Thank you, everybody, for. Who is joining me? We're going to hear from Patrick Murphy and Steve Hellwagon live from Memorial Stadium in Bloomington right after post-game press conference. So 23-3. to I'm curious to get what you guys think. Like, I, you know, you win a Big Ten game on the road, you're going to take that. You win by 20, you're going to take that. I get that. But Buckeyes were favored by 30, 30 and a half by kickoff. Um, you know, it's a dogfight there late in the first half, 7-3 late in the first half, 10-3 at halftime. Buckeyes pulled away a little bit win 23 to three. So I'm impressed with this defense. I'll start with the good. We learned this defense. Now, Indiana is very limited, but this looks like a silver bullet defense. Defensively, like we said coming in, like what we know everything about this team after the Indiana game, no, but we'll have like a feel. You know, the defense, you get a good feel for this defense. They're flying around. They're deep. They played really well. Again, against a limited Indiana offense, but still this defense played very, very well. But then the offense left a lot to be desired. And um, they still, I think, have questions at the quarterback position. I'm surprised there wasn't more um, rotating early. I kind of get it because I'm, I'm sure Ryan Day didn't want to uh, completely kill Kyle McCord's confidence. I'm sure he expected this. He maybe would have the game a little bit more in hand and he could um, you know, rotate the quarterbacks a little more. So to an extent, I get it. But he has paid the big bucks for a reason. So he will have to make that decision before long. I'm going to get to some of your, by the way, I mean, Chip, before I get to some of your questions and comments, start firing away right now if you'd like to. Chip Trainum looks great. Chip Trainum looks great. And I don't know if, if people are going to ask if Travion Henderson has an injury. I, I don't think so. I don't know. They probably just wanted to make sure he got 12 carries. 
I mean, maybe he got dinged. I don't know. We're going to find out. But I just think Chip looks great. Um, we knew they were going to use him in that H-back role, that Mitch Rossi role. And as a running back, well, as a running back, he looks really good. Dare I say he has a little bit of Maurice Claret in his game. Chip train him a little bit. I'm not saying he's Mo Claret. I mean, Claret came in as a true freshman and, and just, you know, set the world on fire. But Chip train was a fourth-year guy. I love the way he runs. He's fast. He's big. He's got good vision. I love it. So I want to get your I want to just want to get the temperature of you guys. Like, are you guys feeling good? Are you like, oh man, <laughs> yeah, I'm a little worried now. Like, where are you guys at on this? Like, start firing away with questions or comments. Um, it's it's interesting. I'm just glad Buckeye football's here. Started off with a win. So really curious what you guys think here. Lynn's Breezy is very worried. Yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you. Sue is concerned. I'm getting a lot of concerned. Getting a lot of that. Getting a lot of that. <laughs> Colorado might be better, says Debo on YouTube. Man, I, I was, I'll tell you what, I was very, very pleasantly surprised by Colorado today. I was like, I was even texting some of my friends, like 69 new scholarship players like that can't work right not that tcu's a world beater but they were the, the defending or the national runner-up last year i know they have like three starters back on offense but it was at tcu tcu's favorite by 21 and coach prime goes in there and gets it done kudos to him no ohio state would whoop colorado i just yeah it's the first game i mean we've seen like weird stuff happen early in the season i mean including national championship seasons. Listen, but I'm not going to spin doctor this. Like I was sitting there pissed off too. For those of you who are like, well, don't like sugarcoat it. Like I'm not going to like, cause I was sitting there like, come on. I wanted to see, as I told you guys, I wanted to see them come out and impose their will. I think they did defensively, but they did not offensively. So was it, a, was it a disaster? No. Was it exactly what we wanted? No, it was somewhere in between and that's okay. It's the first game. You know, if this is a pattern, if they're like, kind of like, winning but like not looking impressive against teams like indiana over and over again not good this is like a one-off fine because indiana i mean they look decent defensively playing at home nothing to lose they couldn't do anything offensively a lot of that's because of ohio state's defense and uh, a lot of that's because indiana's offense is terrible but i i need to see more out of this offense from ohio state so it's like equal parts you know um encouraged by the defense this looks like a silver bullet defense and disappointed overall in the offensive performance. There were some very good signs. We talked about Chip Traynham already. Obviously, Cade Stover. This dude is an animal. He was very good last year. That was his first year playing tight end full time, and he looks even better this year. All right, let's get into some of it. YouTube. Got a commenter saying Brown was done dirty. We'll see. It's still just the first game. We, we've got to get deeper. I hear you. I hear you, though. Another A lot of you guys are saying we need Devin. Alexander on YouTube. We need Devin. I get you guys. And I, you know, I do think if you gave him truth serum, Ryan Day would say he's leaning that way. We'll see what happens. Yeah, McCord did throw an interception and then almost threw two more. 
Gary Danielson with the uh, the, the uh, unfortunate call of the night when he was like at the end of the first half, McCord almost threw that interception to like triple coverage. And Gary Danielson is like, even all at, they're showing the replay. It wasn't like he was just saying it live. He's like, oh, that was a great throw by McCord. Yeah, that was a great throw by McCord. Other than the fact he threw in a triple coverage and it was almost intercepted and it was a terrible read and he had Xavier Johnson wide open. Other than all of that, it was a great throw. Daniel, Gary Danielson used to be a good color announcer, by the way. He did. They were, they were doing all that stuff. They were like looking back to the 90s, you know, like, like hearkening back. That's when Gary Danielson was good, like 30 years ago. Great throw by Kyle McCord. Yeah, great throw if you're an Indiana fan. Jeez. People calling for Kineholds. Listen, I'm sure I'm sure, okay. I was gonna say <laughs> I don't have my reading glasses on right now. Now I see I, I see the laughing uh, a face there, the laughing emoji. Yeah, I'm waiting for the uh, we need uh, we need uh, Jebia out there. Listen, it's the first. As many of you are saying, it's the first game. They won this game 23 to three. They're gonna be more than fine in my opinion. I'm just disappointed in the offense. I'm disappointed in the offensive line. We learned that Josh Simmons is a work in progress. We're going to talk about what we learned about this team. Like, we learned that we talked all offseason. The offensive line is the biggest concern on this team. And we saw that happen tonight. And Indian, I think, is a decent defense. Okay. I think they, they're a decent defense, but they're not. I mean, they're going to be like, what, like the eighth best defense, ninth best defense Ohio State faces in the regular season? So, I mean, you can only go as far saying, well, you got to give Indiana's defense credit. Yeah, you got to give them some credit, but you also have to say, not good out of Ohio State's offense. Not good, especially in short yardage situations when Ohio State basically saying, you know, we're going to run the ball. We know we're going to run the ball. Can you stop us? And Indiana was like, yeah, we're going to stop you. And you can't do that because, like, if you let Indiana do that, then what's going to happen when you play good teams? I mean, this is, an, this is a Hoosier team with 25 transfers, 25 transfers, including Juco, but still only Colorado, speaking of Colorado, had more for any Power 5 team. And I didn't see a lot of talent out there for Indiana. I mean, they do have a couple of dudes on defense. That, that middle, that 44, they had a couple of dudes on defense. I like a couple of their dudes on defense for sure. I'll give those guys kudos. But overall, I mean, I think that was on Ohio State's offensive line not being good. We've Justin Fry's got all these kudos for being this and that. It's like I need to see better than that. You know, I have everybody talking up Justin Fry. Didn't see it today against his alma mater. Now, in 2014, I remember being there in the Raven Stadium, JT Barrett's first start, thinking, man, that didn't look like a national championship team. And they played Navy and they won that game. Jeez. Darren Lee had that scoop and score. Otherwise, like, how, how's that game going to turn out? Then they lose to Virginia Tech at home the following week. The offensive line just looked awful. Virginia Tech broke out the Bear, which is a big part of that. Ohio State was not prepared for the Bear offense or the Bear defense. And you're sitting there thinking, well, they, they, hopefully they can just beat Michigan now because obviously there's no chance at the national championship. And that offensive line got better and better and better and better and better. So, they're, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, you know, we won't know next week they're playing an FCS team, Youngstown State. We won't know two weeks from now against Western Kentucky. We'll know against Notre Dame. We'll know against Notre Dame. So, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm um, not very happy with the offensive line, not very happy with Kyle McCord, 
not very happy with how Ryan Day divvied up the quarterback snaps. If it was, and as you guys know, I'm hearing if it was even, okay, it's almost even, but Devin maybe was a little bit ahead, but they were just, it was so close. They gave Kyle the first start, which I'm fine with. I'm not fine with Devin barely playing, though. I didn't like that at all. And the one time he, he got in there, it was three and out. That third down play was atrocious. That wasn't his fault. It's called quarterback run, and there's something in his face before he gets the ball. And then you don't play him again until like three minutes left in the game. Mm -mm. Be different if McCord was out there playing well, which he was not. He had that interception early. He should have had two more, and you still don't play Devin Brown. I mean, is it close or not? If it's really close, then play them both. I don't know. I'm not getting a good feel about that at all. This is not JV high school football. We're not worried about people's feelings. This is Ohio State football. Ryan Day is getting paid $9 million a year. Figure this out. A two-quarterback system cannot work. If it's Kyle McCord, great. Make, make him the, the starting quarterback then. Guys looking over their shoulder, that never works. Figure this out. This is not JV high school football. Even then, even in JV high school football, I'd be pissed off if they're doing a two-quarterback system. And this wasn't even a two-quarterback system. This was Kyle McCord out there basically looking over his shoulder and not playing well for most of the game. Told you guys I wanted to hear your comments. I just went off on a tangent there. Hey, there you go. You got my uh, unfiltered uh, response there. Unfiltered analysis. I wouldn't say it's abysmal. Greg on Facebook saying abysmal performance. I mean, I, I won't go abysmal. I, mean, I thought Indiana's defense was. It had a good plan. The guy that was here last year as the um, defensive analyst. He, you know, he's a decent – he was the defensive coordinator at Duke. He was under Knowles at Duke, and then when Knowles left for Oklahoma State, he took over as the defensive coordinator at Duke for four years, came here as an analyst last year. Gurrieri is his name, Coach Gurrieri, and um, I thought he he did a good job. So I guess hats off to him to an extent, but mostly I'm with you guys. There's no sugarcoating, as I've said. <laughs> to an extent, you got to say hats off to Indiana's defense, but like that's like 20% of it in my book. Ohio State has to be better because what's the goal here? Is the goal to go 10 and 2 and, you know, get to, you know, whatever's left of the Rose Bowl or whatever the hell we're talking about? No, the goal is to win the Big Ten championship and win the national championship. And like what we saw tonight, does that look like a national championship team? No. But did it in 2014? No. 2002, it did. They came out there in Texas Tech and it was like, not that Texas Tech was a world beater. We got that feeling in 2002. It was like, damn, what is going on here? This team looks like they got some juice to them. That 2002 team with Maurice Claret coming out there and just spanking Texas Tech in the season opener. Cliff Kingsbury at quarterback for the Red Raiders. Mike Leach, head coach, the late Mike Leach. And the Buckeyes came out there and just smoked them. You can, a lot of times you can get a feel from that first game, and I don't get a great feel from this first game. But, again, I keep saying this because last time they won a national title, I, I didn't get a good feel at all early in the season. Certainly not that second game when they lost to Virginia Tech. So we'll see. I mean, this obviously, <laughs> this is a chapter one of a very long book. and uh, But we won't know till Notre Dame. Defense gets an A. Offense gets, we're going to give the offense, my peeps. I'm, I'm not going to give them an F. We're going to give the offense. What are we going to give the offense? I want to hear some shout outs before I give my answer. This is my straw poll. I'll give the final answer. But I want to get my straw poll for my lieutenants. What are we going to give the offense? And do we agree that the defense gets an A? Are we going A minus? 
Sue is going C minus. That's exactly what I was thinking. We're seeing a C plus, another C minus. Another C. Oh, the C minuses are winning. We got a D plus. D plus. That's going to remind a lot of you of like when you guys were in high school, seeing that D plus. I'm kidding. I'm sure all of you were just magna cum laude. Yeah, I mean, like we're seeing a lot of D plus, C minus, C at best. Yeah, so for the offense, D, D plus. Okay, well, I mean, I think, I mean, the, the votes are in. I'll stick with C minus, but if you just, you pull our peeps here, it's more like a D. Because we have our share of Fs, have our share of Ds, and we have our share of Cs. No Bs going incomplete. Reno's being nice, saying incomplete. So offense, we're going, everybody's going like C, D, or F. I'll go C minus. I feel like I'm being a little nice there. But I've got Dr. Sue on my side. She said C minus as well, and she doesn't pull any punches. So, yeah, I mean, who knows? If we look back on this, and Indiana's a 6-6 six and six team, which I don't think they will be. Keep in mind, Indiana's over-under for wins is 3.5 this year. Three and a half. So if they go four and eight, you win that bet if you take the over. Okay. So if we look back on this and Indiana is a six and six team with a good defense. We'll be like, okay, well, see, Indiana was a really good defense this year. We just didn't know that. If we look back on this and Indiana is three and nine, which is about what they're expected to be, and they're not a good defense, we're going to be like, what was going on in that opener? I don't know. Hey, you know, Life is good when you win by 20 on the road in a conference game and um, you're not satisfied. Jeez, uh, we got a lot of people calling Ryan Day, John Cooper. We got Joe on Facebook calling saying Ryan Cooper. You can't get there. I can't get there with that. No. No way. I mean, I lived through the Cooper era. I know a lot of you did too. I mean, it was really, really bad, like really bad. Really, I mean, he didn't even make a bowl his first year. Now, Ryan took over a little different taking over the program that Ryan took over, that, that Coop took over. I get that. I get that 100%. But still, can't get there because Cooper wasn't just bad against Michigan. He also was three and eight in bowl games, lost to Air Force in a bowl game, couldn't recruit quarterbacks to save his life. I mean, he toward the end of his tenure, he got some good ones with Bobby Hoying, who would have came here no matter what. Um, you know, Joe Germain was a really good get. But, I mean, man, Cooper could not recruit quarterbacks. Ryan Day's coming here and like, boom, 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 boom. Without Ryan Day, Justin Fields doesn't come here. Without Ryan Day, C.J. Stroud doesn't come here. So, um, no, Ryan Day, better than John Cooper. But the fact that we're even having that discussion is a problem. The fact that we're not like, is Ryan Day better than Jim Tressel and Urban? Or is Ryan Day on John Cooper's level? See, that in itself is a problem, that we're even having that discussion. But Ryan Day is better than John Cooper. I have no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, we have a lot of people saying this corporate big shot, basically saying the defense, Ohio State's defense controlled the game and the offense didn't. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. Some people are just like, hey, we won. What's the problem? I'm not going to put that out there because we might have some kids listening, Douglas, but I hear you. It's like, we just won. That's it, right? Just listen and call it. Really, I mean, that's all that matters if we look back on this. If, if they take care of business, it won't matter. If they win in Ann Arbor, 
they, you know, beat Penn State, beat Notre Dame. I'm going in like reverse order here. Those are like the three big games at Wisconsin, obviously. Although we'll see. Wisconsin looked okay today. They pulled away late. Um, but yeah, if they go up to the team up north and take care of business and they're sitting there at 12 and 0, we look back on this. They beat Indiana 23 to 3. Blip on the radar. If we look back on this in the offense of sputtering all season, this will have been our first warning sign. To be determined. I, I'm going to be optimistic and say first game of the year, Indiana playing at home, playing with nothing to lose. You know, Ohio State coming out there kind of just feeling the game out. I think we're going to look back on this as a blip on the radar offensively. We all agree, very good showing by the defense. How are we going to look back on this offensive performance? Blip on the radar because we know it wasn't a good offensive performance. Is this forecasting trouble or is this just like, you know, eh, they're all right. You know, they did what they needed to do to win this game. They didn't play great, but Indiana had a decent defensive performance, good coaching, good playing by Indiana's defense, a better defense maybe than people thought. We shall see. I'm going to go with the latter. I'm going to go with uh, maybe we'll, maybe Indiana's defense is a little better than we thought. And uh, Ohio State kind of feeling things out that first game. Still unsettled at the quarterback position. Because let's get into this. I do not think Ryan Day is going to have a two-quarterback system all year. Even though today really wasn't a two-quarterback system, it kind of felt like the whole game. It was like we're all wondering, like, is now is Devin going in? Is Devin going in? Is Devin is, is Kyle staying in? Is Devin going in? Is Kyle staying in? Is Devin going in? Is Kyle staying in? So, like, that can't go on in my estimation, and it won't. I don't think Coach Day wants that. Even though today it wasn't what we all thought it would be, probably including Coach Day himself. I don't think he wants that. I think we're going to see it probably next week. I think we're, Devin Brown's going to play a lot more next week. Hopefully that this isn't like a seven-point game at halftime against Youngstown State next week. Um, I've been saying by week three they'll know who their guy is. Maybe now it won't be until the Notre Dame game. I, I hope they know before then. I'd like to go into that Western Kentucky game knowing this is our guy. You've, you're Ryan Day. You've watched these guys. You've watched Comicord for three years. You've watched Devin Brown for two years. You've seen everything in practice that people haven't seen. You chart everything, as you say, in practice. You've seen Kyle McCord now start two football games at the collegiate level, once his freshman year and once today. You've seen Devin Brown. You've seen everything that they've done. You're going to see them next week. By week three, Ryan Day needs to know who his guy is. I, I believe with my heart he knows right now who his guy is. Um, but by week three, everybody needs to know who his guy is, in my opinion. Week four at the latest. But, again, I mean, I, I want to know – I don't want to go in that Notre Dame game, but that's the first time that you know who your guy is. Like, I just feel like, come on, all this stuff that you've charted three years on the core, two years with Brown, everything in practice, you know, the, the limited time in games, make a decision. Two quarterback systems do not work. We're not talking about Florida and 06. That's not a real two quarterback system when Tim Tebow was a glorified fullback. I'm not breaking news to you guys. I mean, we got to got to pick a guy and go with them. Yeah, and the short yardage, again, it leaves a lot to be desired. We have Reed. Yeah, again, I mean, C.J. Stroud didn't look like C.J. Stroud his first game in Minnesota. People were calling for true freshman Colin McCord then, ironically. Yeah, I get that. That's why I want to I see more. I'm not, I'm not sounding any alarms here. In fact, with quarterbacks, I, I am still convinced quarterback's going to be just fine this year, more than just fine, whether it's McCord I thought McCord was shaky today or Brown. I think eventually – and McCord had his moments too where I thought he you know, he threw a couple of dimes in there as well. Um, had a good run early too. 
But the offensive line to me is that that would be my biggest concern right now. It's not quarterback. It's not this or that. It, it's the offensive line. Josh Simmons, a left tackle. I kept saying, if, if jo- you tell me Josh Simmons is going to be a good left tackle, everything else is going to fall into place. Well, I don't know if Josh Simmons is a good left tackle, starting left tackle at this level. I don't know about it. Yeah, we learned nothing about Brown. As Big Boom says on YouTube, we learned nothing about Brown. Yeah, what did we learn? We learned nothing about Devin Brown. The one time he got a chance to run, as I said earlier, was a terrible play call or a great play by Indiana. Pick your pick your sauce there. Um, and then he doesn't get a chance to play until like three minutes left in the game. I thought you had to at least get him another chance. Yeah, and uh, as Sue points out, I think another thing we learned, you know, Dallin Hayden is fourth on this this depth chart, and it's not close. Travion, Chip Traynham, Mayan Williams, in whatever order. I mean, they love – you can tell those are the three guys that are in the mix when the game's on the line. It seems like Mayan's number three. Mayan's like that goal line back. But uh, I thought Chip looked the best of the three. And then Dallin Hayden is that number four guy right now. I think, from what I'm hearing, Evan Pryor could play right now. But um, on a pitch count, if you got four other healthy backs that you like, why risk it with Evan Pryor coming off that torn patellar tendon from last year? Um, wait as long as you can with number 21 before you unleash him. Now, if he needed to play, he could. But, again, you got four healthy guys. And even with those guys, Dallin Hayden's barely getting on the field, as we're talking about. So, We're better with chip and chop. This is Buckeye MoFlo on YouTube. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to throw Travion. I thought Travion was okay. I mean, again, I, I, I mean, the offensive line needs to be better. We'll see. We've had a lot of people asking, um, you, Ryan, called game. I think he means, did Ryan Day call the game? We have Joe on YouTube. Yeah, Ryan said he was going to call the game. Ryan Hartline's not calling the game yet. Uh, Ryan Day is still calling the game, which is no – no surprise. Yeah, I got you, Joe. He said, think. Yep, I got you. I do. You know, I, I mean, I know. I don't think. I know Ryan Day called the game. I mean, um, that's not through sources. That's through Ryan Day. <laughs> he said that. So, yeah, I know you guys can't listen to everything. It's my job. I have to listen to everything during the week. I know you guys can't listen to everything. But, yeah, Ryan Day said he was going to call the game. You know, let's get positive. Scott on Facebook saying Jaden Fielding looked good. He did look good. He did look good. Getting a lot of uh, Chip Trainum love. You can see why. Oh, thank you for bringing this up. Josh Proctor starting. That was a surprise. I did think Malik Hartford looked better than Proctor. I don't think we saw Jahad Carter. He must still be banged up. I'll have to go back. I recorded the game. Let's go back and look. I don't think we saw Jahad Carter. We definitely, I wrote down a few times. Proctor was in my notes a lot. It was like Proctor started. Proctor Proctor, great play for the uh, the tackle for loss. Oh, Proctor looking like old school Proctor. They're taking a bad angle and allowing this guy to get a first down. It was a little, a little bit of the whole entire Josh Proctor experience there. Like, you're, you're surprised he's starting. You're surprised he made a hell of a play. You're not really that surprised that he then gave up a first down. by He, like, bit on some juke move. He had inside help. All he's got to do is make sure that guy can't get outside. He couldn't do it. He's late. I thought Malik Hartford looked good, my friends. Living up to the hype. Jim Jackson on Facebook. Yeah, I don't think it's that Jim Jackson. He goes by Jimmy if you're nasty. Jimmy Jackson. Is CJ Hicks going to get any play? This is Jim Jackson on Facebook. Yeah, I mean, he played 
some tonight. I think he's going to play more than he did. I think he's going to rotate in there. Steals the starter there. Again, this is another thing. we They talk about how much they're going to rotate and they're going to do this and that and this and that and this and that. You know, when it comes down to it, we saw four receivers play, right? I mean, at least we saw Carnell Tate in. Carnell Tate's in the rotation, but it's four guys. At least it's not just three. You know, and then linebacker, they really didn't rotate. They said they were going to rotate. Uh, but we saw C.J. Hicks in there a little bit. I'm glad that Sonny Styles is in there, like, all the time. Um, I thought he played well, didn't do anything great. His defense was solid, though. I like these safeties with Lathan Ransom and Sonny Styles, And um, maybe Malik Hartford will be the guy. I don't, I don't know. I thought Jihad Carter would be. I, I'm not – frankly, I'll be disappointed in Malik Hartford. But not really in Malik Hartford. I'll be disappointed in Jihad Carter if Josh Proctor is the starter. If Jihad Carter is is healthy, they didn't bring Jihad Carter in here to be a you know backup safety, and he was good at Syracuse. I imagine he's just banged up. But Josh Proctor has been a disappointment, and um, he's one of those guys that will make a great play, but then will you know give up a, a really bad play on third down. So now maybe did the light turn on for Proctor as a sixth year senior? Maybe, but like you know, hard for me to get there. Hard for me to get there. Yeah, Hartford is a dude. We got a lot of people talking about Hartford and Cade Stover. I agree, Cade Stover, great game. Best Ohio State tight end in many years. And I don't say that lightly. Let's go back and look at it. Like, there's been a lot of Ohio State tight ends drafted recently. Jeremy Ruckert was a third-round pick. Luke Farrell was a fifth-round pick. Hireman was a third-round pick. Vanette was a third-round pick. All those guys. I mean, you know, good careers at Ohio State. Drafted either in the third round for three of them or the fifth round for Farrell. All of them, very good careers. Stover, to me, is clearly the best of that quintet. I, he's just, you know, and, and he still still feels like he's kind of raw as a tight end. You know, he was Mr. Football um, his senior year in high school, beating out Mayan Williams, by the way. Cover was a senior. Mayan Williams was a junior. Mayan Williams was a runner-up. as a junior at Winton Woods, and uh, Kate Stover won it. And uh, he was like a quarterback, running back, like – like strong safety, you know, the strong safeties in high school, they're not really strong safeties or basically just middle linebackers. This is whatever Sonny Styles is doing right now. Like Rover backs, they're just going to move wherever they want and just destroy the game. That was Cade Stover in high school. That's why he was Mr. Football playing at a small school there in Lexington. And I love him. I absolutely love him. And he, it wasn't because of a lack of toughness, as we all know, or a lack of a strength or anything or size, but he wasn't a precision blocker last year. He actually, at times struggled blocking last year. Again, not because he's not tough. And usually that's, if you're not a good blocker, it's because like, you know, you're not tough enough. Or you're not strong enough. It was technique. And we forget that was his first year playing tight end really full year. Now in his second year, this guy to me um, is one of the best tight ends in the nation. Clearly. So glad he came back. He could have left and would have been drafted. Like some of these guys we talked about. Um, listen, he's not, I'm not saying he's going to be a first round pick or anything. He's not, but like, um, I think he'll be a second day pick. I love the fact that he's back. Tommy looked great again. So there, there are some positives to take away from this game, for sure. I think James Laurinaitis has, a good, has had a good impact on this defense. Jim Knowles in his second year, and you see these third-year guys stepping up. I thought Tumo Lau looked good. Jack Sawyer. What do you guys think about Jack Sawyer? I'm still kind of like, mm, eh, good. But then, then times it's like, eh, I'm not sure. Like average, and it's like, oh, that – he flashed there, and it's like, eh, where are you guys at with Jack Sawyer? Let's get a little, let's get a little uh, straw pull on Jack Sawyer. We, where we, where are we at with Jack Sawyer? So I think Mike Hall looked good, you know. 
I thought Tuimaloa looked good. Jack Sawyer, I don't know, man. I think – I don't know. Looks like you guys agree on Jack. Not to pick on him, but Jack, I think Jack would just – Jack would be okay with this. These guys are basically pro athletes now anyway. <laughs> all these guys are – I mean, a lot of these guys are, including Jack himself, are making six figures with car deals. So, um, this is not like it used to be. Like, hey, come on. These are amateur athletes. These guys are, like, getting paid, like, six figures and getting nice cars. I love Jack Sawyer. And I'm rooting for him, but I think we can be real. If he was tearing it up, we'd be like, we love Jack Sawyer. He's the man. He's Joey Bosa. He's not that, though. This is his, this is his third year, and it's like he's he's okay. I can't get to bust. Some people are saying bust. I can't get there. Like, I just I want to see more out of him. I want to see more out of him. Walter calling Sawyer a three-star. I mean, he did. I mean, look, he played like a three-star today. Um, Mark saying Zach Harrison 2.0. Now I feel bad for saying this. All right, let's move on. I, I Now I feel bad for bringing that up. Didn't mean to like completely trash the kid. He, he's He'll be all right. He just needs to bring it more. Sometimes it feels like he's like too cautious. He's kind of just, just come bring it, man. That's why you're a five-star recruit. And you, know, you know, thought of as like the best defensive end in the country. Number two defensive end behind JT. Bring it. <sighs> Corey saying Sawyer will be an undrafted free agent. Well, if he leaves after his junior year, he might be. Hopefully he's smart enough to stay for his senior year and not leave early. I think he'll get drafted. He, he's still he's still a um, very good athlete. He's still a physical specimen. He's a good young man. You're not a guy you got to worry about, which that, that goes, you know, goes a long way with NFL teams. If you know a kid's not a knucklehead, he'll get drafted. I mean, and saying that he might be the next, whoever said he's the next, next Zach Harrison. I mean, maybe that's not even a huge, like, rip on the kids. Zach Harrison, third-round pick, making a light, nice living right now. Um, a lot of you are saying Jack Sawyer won't even play in the NFL. If he's a second-day pick, I mean, maybe that's good for Jack Sawyer. Are we sold on Knowles, asks Eddie. We can't get there yet. I mean, I'm very encouraged. I was encouraged coming into this game. Everything I've seen, everything I've heard, and just analyzing this roster, knowing it's the year two of the Knowles era. I've been very bullish on this defense. But can we sit here and say we're sold on Knowles and the defense is fixed? I don't think we can get there yet. I think we have to stick with what we've said, that we won't really know until Notre Dame. And you could argue we won't really know until the end of the season. That's when we'll really know. But uh, we'll know Notre Dame with Sam Hartman being as good as he is. I can't be on the road. We'll know. And then we'll have the other three games to look at. They dominated Indiana. Indiana is very limited offensively. But they dominated them. We've seen that in the past where a team's limited offensively and they still got some chunk plays and were able to put up like 17 or 21 points. Not the case today. Can they dominate next week? They should. Will they? Let's say they do. And then they, you know, we'll know by Notre Dame. We'll basically know by Notre Dame, but I can't get there yet saying we were sold on Knowles and the defense is fixed, but I feel good about it. I mean, Indiana's offense is horrible. Absolutely horrible. Oh, Patrick Murphy's in the house. Patrick Murphy, how are you doing, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. Sorry, there was uh, I was having issues getting into this, but uh, we got it. I didn't even realize you were having issues. Nope, I the link wasn't working, but it worked eventually. We're good. We're here. There you go. So, um, all right. 
we'll get into specifics. Your overall view of this game, Ohio State was favored by 30. They win by 20. Uh, close game at halftime, 10-3 Buckeyes, 7-3 late in the uh, second quarter. Your overall view of this game, Mr. Patrick Murphy. Yeah, I mean, I think in an ideal world, and, and Ryan Day just said this, like from an offensive perspective, he wants to run the ball for 250 yards, pass for 300 yards, and score 50 points. And they didn't do that, right? But it is the first game of the season, and like I know people don't want to hear that. But if you go back and look at the recent first games of the season, they haven't all gone swimmingly, right? I mean, you think the last two years they were trailing at halftime, so they were better than that this year. Uh, now, one of those was against Notre Dame, which was a good team. The other one was Minnesota on the road, so a similar situation to this. He also had some new offensive linemen and, and a new quarterback in that game. Um, I, I, it's not how I expected it to go. I thought the first half was a little bit how I expected it to go. I thought they would eventually just kind of start rolling and, and, and put up some points. We thought, you know, we were talking in the press box, I think, like third quarter, we thought they might get a touchdown or two more than they did and, and then just kind of pull away didn't turn out that way obviously um you know i i think it was clunky is kind of the way i would describe it but i think given what you have on offense and and that's obviously the way you score points mostly i think clunky was probably to be expected i just think we thought that that maybe they would get out of the clunkiness a little bit quicker uh and credit to indiana and and ryan day brought this up and, and we were talking about it in the press box Look, they do some weird things. Think about in 2020, now obviously a strange year, and that was a good Indiana team, but the blitzes that they brought on Justin Fields really made a guy who, who the year before was a Heisman Trophy candidate pretty uncomfortable, and they did some of that today. Uh, Tom Allen, Ryan Day said, did some stuff they didn't see. And credit the defense. They did not practice for this option look. We just talked to Denzel Burke, and he said that that was not something they saw in film. So they adjusted to, to handle that, I think, pretty well. And, uh, you know, so... All in all, I, I would say clunky offensively, optimistic defensively. What did you make of the quarterback situation? I certainly yeah. expected Devin Brown to play more. And, like, I didn't, frankly, like the fact that when they gave him an opportunity, they went three and out, and it was no fault of his own. That third down play, he had no chance. It was a called quarterback run. He had a guy in his face before he even, like, could take a step. And then he doesn't get a chance to play until mop-up duty. I didn't like that. Your thoughts? No, I thought we would see him more. Uh, I was really curious just about how they would handle this um, because we didn't have any sort of, of info from Ryan Day. And I think from what Ryan Day said, it sounded like he wanted to get him in maybe on the third drive and then again maybe the sixth drive. But he felt like the offense needed to kind of stay in the same gear that it was or get into a better gear with, with the group that was out there, which was Kyle McCord. Um, to me, it's a sign that Kyle McCord is more of the guy, at least right now, we'll see how he plays, uh, than, than maybe Ryan Day let on. You know, if, if, you're re- if this really is still kind of an open competition and Kyle had just sort of pulled away uh, just enough to, to be the starter this week, then I think you would have seen more of Devin Brown. Obviously, if, if they go down and score touchdowns on those first two drives, I think you're very comfortable putting Devin in there at that, in that situation, but that didn't happen. I, I too, didn't like... First of all, I don't think this team should call quarterback runs. It just hasn't worked out effectively the last couple of years. And I know CJ wasn't the best at it. Kyle looked uncomfortable on, on the one that they called on the goal line. Um, I'd have to go back yeah, and look at that. In the end zone. That was actually a good call. Kyle just read that like horribly. Yeah. He should have walked just, in the end zone. He should have just waltzed in the end zone. 
Yeah, and I think Kyle, you you saw some of his athleticism in terms of moving in the pocket, the play where he he hit Chip Trainum. Um, it was right over here that uh, he he evaded kind of a, a defender. So he has athleticism, but it's not natural for him to to run the ball. And I think that was apparent on that play. And and then obviously the the play that you're talking about with Devin, uh, you know, it just it seems weird. They need to come up with some kind of answer here in terms of what they're going to do with the quarterback. And I, you know, I was talking to somebody right at the end of the game uh, on the sideline and you know, I said, what is this game kind of feels like a trestle game to me. And, and he said, kind of feels like 2015. And, you know, we know what happened in 2015 when they're quarterback back and forth and, and whatnot. So I don't think it can, I don't, they can't let it get to that point, I guess is what I'm saying. I was a little surprised with how they handled it today. Um, but I also think, you, you saw that, that they trust Kyle McCord a bit more probably than they trust Devin Brown at this point. I'm going to show my age, but early on, it was reminding me of like the early Cooper years. Sure. Not, yeah. You can't just say the Cooper years because there were some like, even though it, it usually didn't end well, there were some good teams between like 93 and 98. Like early Cooper years, not quite. That's what that reminded me of. I was like, holy shit. This reminded me of like the Steve Tovar years. Steve Tovar was like the best player on the team. That's nothing against Steve Tovar. Steve Tovar was awesome. Yeah, I'm showing my age. Not that I, not that I don't already show it, but that's what that reminded me of. At least they got it together, you know, to an extent. Because 10-3 in halftime, a little embarrassing in my opinion. 23 to three, not embarrassing. Not what I wanted to see. Certainly not embarrassing. A lot to work on. I was in, impressed with the defense, but the offense, man, they've got to get this figured out. Running back wise. Is Chip Trainum the best running back on this team? He was today. Uh, we just got done talking with Travion Henderson, and he said, look, they, they want to do whatever's best for the team. Obviously, um, you know, they, they came into this game planning to play four guys. They really only did three. Uh, Mayan didn't – or, I'm sorry, Dallin didn't get in until really late there. But, you know, Ryan Day made it clear, even in the postgame press conference, that, that Travion Henderson's the starter, and he, he's going to be the guy – uh, but these other guys are going to play. And, and, you know, look, Chip got, Chip got into a rhythm today, right? And I think it was good to see that when one guy who wasn't the guy that maybe they anticipated being the, the workload back got into rhythm, they stuck with him. And, and Ryan Day did talk about how you know, it was really hot out here and, and they, so they wanted to get other guys in and, and whatnot. And, and Travion had more of the workload in the first half, which it was hot out here. The, the sun has gone down behind the stadium now, but when we were down here pregame, uh, I just was standing and, and dripping in sweat standing on this turf. So no doubt about that. But, yeah, I think it'll be – I'm going to closely watch how these carries get distributed throughout the year, assuming everyone else is, is healthy. Uh, but, look, Chip looked really good, and I don't think we saw him very much. We didn't see him very much last year at running back. When we did, there, there were flashes, but I thought today was really impressive. Jack Sawyer, I took a straw poll from the peeps. Peeps are not that high on the Jack Sawyer. Got a lot of Ds. It really averaged a D grade. I asked for a grade. We had a lot of C minuses. One C plus was the highest we had. We had some Fs. We had a lot of Ds. Jack Sawyer, five-star recruit, third year. What's going on with Jack Sawyer in your estimation? I don't know. It's week one. He's back at defensive end. Look, I, I think it's important not to – overreact to everything uh, in this game. I, they, they got out of here with a win. Did Jack Zoyer play a great game? No. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's one game. Now, if, if we go the next few weeks 
and he's still not making much of an impact and you're seeing Caden Curry and Kenyatta Jackson rotate in and play more, then I think there's there's some serious discussion there that, that maybe something is, is just not right. But, you know, I, I'm not ready to, to throw any single guy right now under the bus uh, after one game here. You know, the it, it definitely could have been better. No doubt about that from Jack Sawyer. There, there were guys on, on the defense in general, I think, that, that could have. You know, I think they picked on Davis and Igbenosin a little bit in the second half. And he did have some nice plays, don't get me wrong. Um, but, yeah, I'm not – again, individual guys, I, I think it's a little too early to start making sweeping judgments on guys right now. People have one games every, or bad games every once in a while. That being said, let's make sweeping, sweeping judgments on another defensive end. Caden Curry looked really good. He did. Yana Jackson wasn't playing as much earlier as I thought he would. Then he got in there a decent amount. But I thought Caden Curry looked really good. Yeah, absolutely. And look, it's carried over what we've seen this offseason. He was good in the spring. He came in. Those two practices we got to see in fall camp, I was really impressed with him. Um, you know, this, this is a guy who really didn't play much last year, right, as a freshman. So we're, we're kind of seeing it for the first time. Uh, I, I like it. I like it a lot. You know, look, if, if Jack Sawyer continues to struggle, there are two guys behind him that certainly can, can make an impact. Uh, I liked – that Rushman package we saw early with Caden Curry as uh, on the interior, he obviously made a play after that. Uh, I think they can do some things with, with this group of defensive ends, and you're going to need Jack Sawyer at some point, right? I think you certainly are. Um, and, and I think he's too talented to not get it figured out. Um, and you're working with Larry Johnson, who, who we know what he can do. So, uh, But, yeah, I think they've got a solid group here for sure. Thank you, Patrick Murphy. We're going to welcome in Steve Hellwagon. Thank you for your time, Patrick, and your insights. All right, see you guys. Thanks, Patrick. Stephen Hellwagon, how you doing, bud? I'm doing good, Dave. What's going on? So just your overall thoughts. I mean, people are like all over the map here. You know, you look at the defense, like great performance from the defense, offense. People are frustrated. Just, you know, put it all uh, all in a, a big ball for me. Like, where are you at on this Ohio State team overall after one game? Yeah, I don't want to make excuses for anybody. Um I think that uh, 23 to three is not what I think anybody thought this was going to end up. Uh, I'm not saying that they figured to come out here and just blow this team out of the water or anything like that. Um, I think there were a lot of unknowns because Indiana has so many uh, new players uh, on both sides of the ball, the transfer portal. Uh, Matt Gurrieri was uh, brought in to help as the defensive coordinator. So there were a lot of things and Coach Day alluded to that after the game. Now, having said that, there I come away with a lot of questions. Like, why do Marvin Harrison and Emeka Buka only have five combined catches in this game and one touch in the second half, and that was a carry by Emeka Buka on the, I think the first play of the second half. I mean, I don't know, some things kind of defy, uh, defy explanation, I guess. And, and that, that would be probably the biggest thing is you have two of the top – five, ten players in the country, and they hardly touch the ball. I, I don't – I just – and I found myself time and again, uh, you know, they got it second and one, and, and they got slammed – tried to run the ball and got slammed. And I'm like, no, it's second and one. That's a freewheeling down. That's when you get that ball into Marvin and, you know, let something happen. Um I think the new offensive line has got plenty to work on, obviously. They're going to go back to the drawing board after this. Uh, I don't want to make Indiana to be, you know, out to be anything more than they are. Um, 
They could win six games. They could win three. I don't know. Their offense is good enough to win two, maybe. I don't know. Maybe they'll beat Indian State next week. I don't know. But they didn't seem to generate anything offensively, and I don't know that they will all season long. So, uh, so I want to say that, you know, this was a Big Ten game, certainly. Uh, and on the road, you take every one of those you can get. But it was far from pretty. But at the same time, um, you know, they, they grinded it out. It was a hot day, just a tough day to be out playing. And, uh, you know, they came out the other side, uh, you know, had some good things happen in the second half, I thought, overall. But uh, much room for improvement the next two weeks are critical for this team to, to get better, I think, just to get better. I'm going to ask you about the quarterbacks. I'm going to ask you about the running backs and the offensive line. Those three things will get you out of here. Quarterback, I'll start with that. What did you make of what we saw at quarterback? I thought we'd see a lot more out of Devin Brown. What did you make of what we saw out of the quarterbacks? I think Coach Day uh, put it the way that, that I felt watching it unfold was uh, he wanted to get Brown work. <laughs> Picked a, a funny time to throw him in there after the pick by uh, McCord. But then, uh, you know, saw one series of that, went back to McCord for basically the rest of the game until the last two minutes of the game. Brown finally got to go back in and threw three passes. And, you know, uh, McCord did fine. I think the offensive line, you know, uh, hurt him at times, you know, got him off Kilder. Um, he made a couple good throws. The throw to Stover down the middle was, a, you know, a big play in this game, a 50-yard play that flipped the field position, got them, you know, points, et cetera. So uh, that was huge. Uh, unfortunately, they took his touchdown off the board. Marvin Harrison did run out of bounds uh, without being chucked out of bounds, basically, and that, that was the right call on that. So, um, you know, uh, man, just just a hard day. I mean, just a, just a – I don't know. They, they didn't play good in the opener last year against Notre Dame, you know. I don't know what to attribute that to, that why they're not peaking on the night or the day of the first game, why why all the, the eight months of, you know, 70-hour-a-week training that they do didn't culminate in, you know, a peak performance on day one. They just, you know, I don't know. just They didn't have it today for whatever reason. And, you know, there are some lessons to be learned from this. And, some of that rubbed off on the court, I think, a little bit. But uh, when they needed him, he made the throws that he needed to make. And, uh, you know, I, I would put it to probably a, a B, B-minus performance by him. I mean, the running play in the, the four-yard line, I mean, he cuts right off that block by Chip Trianum. It's a touchdown. And he didn't see it. And what can you do? He ran to contact. And, you know, that happens. So, uh, you know, he can get better. He will get better off of this, I don't doubt. Running backs. Is Chip Trainum the best running back on this team? Well, today he was. Forward. What do you what do you see out of running backs going forward? And the problem is he's also their best fullback. So <laughs> uh, I thought that was a neat wrinkle. G Scott playing the H back, the wing back, and blocking, you know, in some situations. And then uh Trianum is the fullback came in for that Mayan Williams touchdown. Uh, but Trianum in the second half when they needed a spark and they needed somebody to run. Like he was pissed off. That's what Jim Trianum did. And that paid huge dividends for Ohio State in the second half. So, uh, Travion Henderson, you know, it was a hot day. Uh, you needed a lot of guys to get through this. 
he started out like a house of fire, you know, in the first uh, first series. But uh, I don't know. Uh, I expected much more, you know, from what I thought we would see from him today. Uh, Ryan Williams, you know, a couple short touchdown runs, and you know, made the nice catch on fourth down. That was big. Uh, I guess I would give those guys a B plus, maybe. Um, I don't think that the blocking was there for them in the short yardage situations like it needed to be. The predictability of the play calling at times just was put those guys on an island where it was four, four, four defenders on one running back and made it hard for them to get any positive yardage. So um, I don't know. I, I They got a lot to work on, I mean, coming out of this. And I think it's, you know, to assess what you've got, Figure out what you can do, get rid of what you can't do, or fix what you can't do, and get it get it figured out. But I think it goes back. This team can't get through a game against a good opponent and expect to beat anybody with Harrison and Abuka not touching the ball. And if they touch the ball, that drops somebody out of the box and makes running the football a lot easier. And they never established that balance on offense. And, you know, it's like uh, they were – they were throwing the ball to run it today. And it just, it just didn't, I don't know. It just didn't add up to me. I don't know. It was weird. Last thing, offensive line as promised. We'll get you out of here on this, Steve. Um, that was my biggest disappointment. I didn't, I didn't think McCord played well. I thought they were a little too vanilla or a lot too vanilla offensively, but I thought the offensive line, I, I, Josh Simmons, I don't see it. I, I didn't think the offensive line played well. Donovan Jackson, I've been talented. I haven't been taunting him. I've been touting him as the best offensive lineman on this team. He was okay at best. What are your thoughts on this O-line? A lot of work to do. Uh, this Let's consider this a starting point. And, again, this is a little bit different than opening up with Toledo or Akron or, you know, somebody like that, uh, you know, East Carolina. This was a conference game. You know, Indiana for, you know, whatever they are as a football program – They've got 6'5", 300-pound linemen just like every other Big Ten team. So it's a rugged, physical game. And Ohio State didn't match up real well in that regard for a good part of this game. Um, you had the benefit of the replay where we were sitting here in the press box. The TV coverage was nil. Um, everything was on like a minute and a half delay. It was just ridiculous. Like. You wanted to see the previous play, and the scoreboard would show everything from basically a level of about 10 feet off the ground. So you had no perspective to know who did what to who on any of the scoreboard replays. So I'm at a complete disadvantage sitting here talking to you about this game because, particularly the line play, because that's what you notice on the replay is okay, Donovan Jackson hit his guy, uh, Fryer turned his guy loose, you know, just as an example. And so it was hard for me to gain that. I kept hearing there was a lot of pressure coming up the middle, that they were collapsing the pocket and collapsing the, the, the line on run plays with the guards, or perhaps just the center. I don't know. But uh, you would know better about that than I did, just uh, with the benefit of the replays. But uh, got to do better. And the next two weeks I'll have an opportunity uh, to play, uh, you know, teams that, that shouldn't have those type players and uh, work on a few things and, and get ready for Notre Dame. That's that's the next big one. All right. Well, um, 
you get back to work, my friend. I appreciate you joining me. Thank you All for right, Steve Hellwagon. Thank you, sir. Night, appreciate everybody. It. He is Steve Hellwagon. All right, friends, fire away with any questions you have for me. I know you guys have been asking questions throughout the show, and I appreciate that. Got a large audience here in our live broadcast. Appreciate you guys very much. Appreciate everyone listening to the replay. Um, if you are on the live broadcast, fire away with some questions. We've talked about this. So I've asked my guest this. I'll answer it as well. Cliff Hartline. Any relation to Brian? Is Chip the best running back? He looks like it to me. Doesn't mean he will be, but right now he looks like the best to me. He just does. And I saw it in the spring. He looked great in the spring. He looked like the best running back today. Again, dare I say he's got some Maurice Claret in his game. I'm not saying he's Maurice Claret, but he's got – there was a couple of runs. I was like, damn, that reminded me a little bit of Maurice Claret. A little Northeast Ohio flavor for both those guys. Brendan on Facebook. Am I worried about the offensive line? Yes. That was the biggest concern all offseason, and it certainly was not quelled today. Is Indiana's defense better than maybe expected? Perhaps, but still, is that going to be like what, like the eighth best defense they faced this year? But let's not act like they were facing like, and we don't need to exaggerate, right? We don't say 85 Bears. They weren't even facing like, it won't even be like the upper half of the best defenses they faced this year. Even if Indiana is markedly better than what we think, it'll still be like seventh best maybe at, at the best. Um, at the most. So, yeah, I'm, I am concerned about this offensive line. It was all of our biggest concern, I think, during the offseason, and they did nothing to quell that today. C. Brown on YouTube. I should have, I'm sorry, I should have asked Steve this because I am uh, covering this game from the homestead. Steve and Pat were there on site. He wanted to know, do you have a sense of the team's energy on the sidelines? Look vanilla on TV. All I'll say was I agree with you. I thought there was a lack of juice from Ohio State for most of the game. Um, sorry I didn't get to that question earlier. I would have liked to ask Steve if he noticed that on the sidelines. A lack of juice from uh, the Buckeyes today. I thought early they, they were showing it. Early they were showing it. And then, you know, you get in like a little dog fight. And you, you know, I guess it's natural. But, geez, you're sitting there like it's 7-3 late in the second quarter. And Ohio State looked like it. It just kind of looked like, damn, it's 7-3 late in the, in the second quarter. Overall disappointing. Can't sugarcoat it. Reason to sound alarms? Not at all, in my opinion. I still am bullish on this team overall, but uh, overall disappointing, yes. I told you guys I'd be disappointed if they didn't cover the spread, or unless it was something weird where, like, Ohio State dominated and Indiana got, like, some weird cover. It wasn't about, like, covering the spread per se. It was about going out there and looking like, a national championship team going out there and making a statement. They didn't do that today. The defense did to a, a degree but, uh, against a very porous Indiana offense, but um, you know, Ohio State's offense left a lot to be desired today. A lot to be desired. One game, and like next week, I'm sure they're going to look great on both sides of the ball against FCS Youngstown State. This isn't Youngstown State when Jim Trestle was there and they're winning national championships. Youngstown State's now like an average FCS team. They're not even like like a, you know one of the best FCS teams. They're like an average FCS team. So we won't know anything next week. Western Kentucky can throw the ball, and that's it. They are a good passing team. They don't play defense. They can't run it. So we, we won't know till Notre Dame. Um, as bad as bad as Indiana is, they're 
better than the next two teams Ohio State's going to face, no question about it. So, overall, I'm disappointed, but, um, again, not sounding alarms. Let's get some more questions here. Clever on YouTube. Was it bad offensively by design? Maybe Ryan's taking a page from Jim Tressel, opening the playbook for the big games. Now, Tress did save big for the Michigan game. I think other than that, Tress was just buttoned down. I, I won't give him – I mean, he was. Against Michigan, Tress pulled out all the stops, no doubt about it. But it wasn't like he was like – he just did that like in big games. Like he was pretty much like vanilla until the Michigan game. No, I don't think that had anything to do with it. I, I think Ryan's probably – I haven't heard the press conference, but it sounds like he was trying to be upbeat. I'm going to go back and watch it after the show here. Um, of course, he's not going to say exactly what he's thinking if he's disappointed. How is he not disappointed, though, if you're Ryan Day? How are you not disappointed? you got to be disappointed. Your quarterback threw an interception. Horrible, horrible, horrible. You know, it was like exactly what they teach quarterbacks not to do. Throwing across your body late over the middle. It was like that was exactly what you don't want to do interception comma court and then he should have had two more or could have i mean you say should have could have uh, probably should have had two more interceptions ryan day's got to be disappointed you know they should have walked out of there winning that game 40 to 3 not 23 to 3 you win that game 40 to 3 everybody's feeling good defense is feeling good they're feeling good right now anyway offense is feeling good i know the offense is like oh geez geez Man, is our third string running back our best running back? I guess Chip was actually the second guy in there. What's going on with this offensive line? We still don't have a quarterback. They still don't have a quarterback. They don't know who their quarterback is. Man, I, I don't know. Um, it was fun seeing Buckeye football today. It was fun seeing Buckeye football today, and we're going to see uh, Buckeye football uh, every Saturday from now on, except for the uh, off week um, for the next 11 weeks, and hopefully the Big Ten championship game after that. So um, I'm going to get some last-minute questions in here. Jay says we better win by 40 next week. I mean, at the least, right, playing Youngstown State. They're favored by 30 today. I don't know if they'll put the game on the board next week. They'll be favored by more than 40 against Youngstown State. They better win by 50 next week. <laughs> Somebody's telling me not to throw in the towel yet. Yeah, I think I pretty much said that. I still am bullish on this team, Chris, on YouTube. saying one game, Dave. Don't throw in the towel yet. Yeah. No one's throwing in the towel, Chris. Um, but you got you got you got to call a spade a spade, right? If they were sitting, if they won this game seventy to nothing, they look like a juggernaut. I'd be talking about that. They won this game twenty three to three. They did not look like a juggernaut. Again, as you said, one game. Don't throw in the towel. That's right. Blow it off and act like it's nothing. No, you can't do that, Chris. You can't do that because that's how things happen. Like, um, oh, we're all right. There's no problem here. And then you get smacked when you play a good team. Okay, so you can't act, you can't throw in the towel, but you also can't just blow it off. Matt saying this team is soft. I don't know if they're soft. Lynn says she loves how honest I am. If I was on here lying to you guys, that'd be a problem. I mean, I, I love the Buckeyes. I mean, I'm, of course, I'm going to be honest with you. I love that you love that I'm honest with you, but man, I would be weird if I was lying to you. I'm going to I'm going to always shoot you guys straight. You guys know that about me. You're new? Nice to meet you. Uh, I'm always going to shoot you straight about the Buckeyes. I I followed them religiously since I was 6 years old. I mean, like seriously. 
I was six years old and I was into it. Marcus Merrick, Tim Spencer, Mike Tomzak, you know, John Frank. I'm a lifer. Okay. But I'm, yeah, I'm always going to shoot you straight. Always going to shoot you straight. Jeremiah on YouTube. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. That's exactly right. We talk 2014 is the best example of that. Is it not? Is it not? We've had some people ask that. Will media, this is from C Brown on YouTube. Will media be up front with Dre or be with Dre? Uh, forgot about Dre. Will media be up front with day or be cautious to not lose their media credentials? First of all, you're never going to lose your media credentials by asking a tough question. You're just not. I've heard people ask that. Are you guys afraid of losing your credentials? Like, no, I've asked plenty of tough questions over my career. As anybody who's followed me knows, including this year, um, Coach Dave was a little irritated. I kept asking about quarterback, as you guys know, this past week. Yes, Dave. That's all I got to say. No one's ever going to lose their credentials for asking a tough question. One way is you're going to lose your credentials if you do shady stuff, like a certain Ohio State site did. I've covered this team now for, this is my 22nd year on the beat. Only one time has anybody ever lost their credentials, and that's because they did something really shady, super shady, slim shady, speaking of Dre, I mean, like, and forgot about Dre, like it, it, the shadiest as you can imagine. That's the only way you're going to lose your credentials, Okay. I think Doug Maurice asks tough questions. <laughs> He's never going to lose his credentials. You know, you need to be fair, um, but you never have to worry about losing your credentials from asking tough questions. Never. Yes. As Sue says, tough questions are what the media is supposed to do. That's exactly right. And I think that Coach Day respects that. He's really good to us. There's been times when people have asked questions. I'm like, oh, geez, like, is he going to like, and he's never, ever, ever like bullies anybody or talks down to reporters. You know, even, even what I thought was funny, like last week, you know, people were like, do you think he was a little rude to you? I was like, no, I thought that was funny as heck. Like that was funny. Like he, Ryan Day's a good man. Like I, I am like, I, I mean, I'd be rooting for him regardless. He's Ohio State's head coach, but like, I, I'm really rooting for him because like, He's a good man. He's been so close. He's been so close. <laughs> yeah, you guys getting out of Bloomington. <laughs> I've been there. Trust me. Listen, the thing about getting out of Bloomington, I always say like either like leave early or just post tailgate. Because if you try and leave, you're talking about country roads, country roads, country roads, and they're not they're not ready for it. It happens once every two years where they have that situation. It is tough getting out of Bloomington. So. Um, yeah, um, Godspeed, those of you who are uh, listening to the show right now, um, trying to get out of Bloomington. But, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, again, I mean, like, Ohio State won by 20. Still love this team. I, I've analyzed this roster all offseason. It's an excellent roster. Today was a little disappointing, especially offensively. Overall, okay. You know, again, I, I agree, I think, offensively. Maybe Sue and I were grading it a little too uh, optimistically. C minus offensively. A lot of you say D offensively. I could probably get there. And but I thought the defense was an A, A minus at the very worst because uh, Indiana is terrible offensively. I'm going to give the defense an A though, because yeah, Indiana is terrible offensively. We think maybe they'll end up being better than we think. Probably not. That's a pretty freaking bad offense. But uh, I'm going to give the defense an A. I'll give. Um, offense, a, a C minus, and we'll go from there. Special teams, eh. Didn't like a few of those returns. I liked what I saw to Jaden Fielding. That's good. 
that's good to have a kicker you can count on. He looked good as a kickoff guy last year, still looks guys good as a kickoff guy and made all three of his field goals, made his extra points. I like Jaden Fielding. All right, any last questions, my friends? Eric says, Coach Day is a good man and a good coach. It does feel like he is feeling the pressure a bit. You know what's interesting? Like, I think I'm going to ask him about this. It's like he talked about this ad nauseum, and I loved it, going into the Georgia game last year. Basically admitting, even though he didn't put it in these terms, like we played too tight against Michigan. I'm paraphrasing here. Because he said, here's exactly what he said. He said, going into the Georgia game, we can never play tight again. We, we've got to play with nothing to lose. We've got to be aggressive. This, this, this. So basically saying we did play too tight against Michigan. We didn't play with nothing to lose against Michigan. We we're going to against Georgia. That's exactly what they did. They took the fight to Georgia in Georgia, in Atlanta, and were the better team that night, even though they didn't win. I guess until the last three plays, Day was super aggressive. But then you got that same feeling today. They're like, this is exactly what you said you didn't you were never gonna do again. Play cautious. I don't know. We'll see. All right, my friends, I'm going to wrap this up. I really appreciate you guys joining me. Um, Buckeyes are 1-0. Go 2-0 next week, and we'll see. I'll, I'll be with you ev after every game this season, what we learned live. Appreciate all you guys in the live audience, your questions, your comments. Thank you, everybody listening to the podcast-only version. Appreciate all of our listeners. Thanks very much. Hope everyone has a great rest of your holiday weekend. Now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.